This is episode 189, How to Feel Happier with Patrick. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome to the show, everybody. I've got a great episode for you today about how to feel happier, but really the question is about what to do with sadness and sorrow and melancholy when it comes up, especially if it comes up for you on a regular basis and you've tried a lot of things to quote unquote, get rid of it so you can be happy. Well, let me first start out by saying, I don't think happiness is a sustainable state. I think acceptance, gratitude, appreciation, those kinds of feelings and experiences, contentment are things to, for lack of a better word, aim for or intend for. But honestly, I don't want to feel quote unquote happy all the time. I like having a range of emotions and experiences and often it is in the more undesirable feelings that some of my biggest breakthroughs still come from. Do I believe that we have to continue to struggle the rest of our life? No. However, I do believe that as we continue to evolve as humans, and especially for those of us who have said yes to waking up and healing as much as we possibly can in this lifetime, there are going to be moments where there is some challenge, difficulty, emotions that are uncomfortable to sit in. And I want to share a personal experience that illustrates this that also teaches about how to know the difference between worry and intuition. I did an Instagram live on this last week. If you don't follow me on Instagram, please do. It's my favorite social media platform and I do a lot of lives and stories there. But last weekend, uh, Steph went away to facilitate a men's retreat and he was super excited about it. And it was really the first time in our relationship he was leaving. I've traveled a lot, but he was leaving for an extended period of time, almost five days. And he was going to a place where he wasn't really going to have cell phone service. And I had a lot of fear and anxiety come up about him going away. And the fear was that he was going to die. It wasn't fear about, you know, I don't have any trust issues with him or anything like that. It was fear that he was going to die. And so the day he was leaving, I was really struggling with, is this my intuition? Is something going to happen to him or is it fear? And is it some old stuff coming up? And I really was struggling in that question because I consider myself a very intuitive person and I'd be so mad at myself if something did happen to him and I didn't quote unquote stop it. And I expressed that and he's like, darling, nothing, I'm clear, nothing's going to happen to me. And so he went and I really felt like that was the last time I was going to see him. And what I was able to coach myself through were a couple things. First of all, anytime I've had an intuitive knowing about something, it's never come with massive fear and anxiety. And that's really the message I want to share with you. And be sure to listen to the recap after I play the coaching session, because I'm going to talk a little bit more about how I work through the fear and anxiety that was coming up and what I learned from that. But the main thing I want to tell you now is intuition doesn't come with fear and anxiety. Intuition, it's a direct knowing. And even if it's like, oof, I don't know about this. Like for example, 
when I got the intuition after I had to leave my old house that was on the ocean and I was so, so sad about it. When I got the intuition that I wasn't supposed to get another place, that I was supposed to just float around for a while, even though my mind was like, oh, I really don't want to put all my stuff in storage. It didn't come with a highly charged emotion. It was just a direct knowing. That's how intuition feels. So if a, a thought comes with a ton of fear and worry and anxiety, most likely that's not your intuition. That's more of fear or anxiety coming up. And like you're going to discover in this coaching session with Patrick, when we have one of those highly charged emotions, we don't want to repress it. We want to go into it and discover what the message really is. So as you're listening to this call, consider, do you have a certain emotion, be it sad, fear, anxiety that you really hate and you're trying your best to quote unquote, make it go away? Do you relate to being an artist? Are you a performer or a musician or a creator of some kind? And have you noticed that that almost makes you more sensitive at times? Or are you a highly sensitive person? And sometimes you don't know if you're feeling your own emotions or you're feeling other people's emotions. And then finally, think of your parents and how they expressed emotions. Did they repress them or were they very emotionally expressive without responsibility? Did they take up a lot of space emotionally? And how do you think how your parents expressed emotions is impacting how you're experiencing and expressing emotions? Before we dive into the call, I want to thank my sponsor, Organifi. You've heard me talk about Organifi before. I love them. They are an organic superfood supplement line that makes quality, trusted nutrition convenient and accessible. Their most popular product, green juice, which I love, solves the problem of juicing greens on the go. Just add it to water, drink, and let your body soak up the benefits. Because let's face it, it's a struggle to stay healthy while we're all addicted to doing and we're all on the go and we're busy with kids or work or whatever it may be. Use the code OVERIT for 20% off your order. Go to Organifi.com and use the code OVERIT for 20% off your order. I love green juice. I buy the travel packs. And I put them in my water bottle actually when I'm on the plane. And I notice a massive difference because, you know, I'm, I'm a sensitive person and the greens really ground me. They help my immune system and they taste really, really, really delicious. So here's the deal, everybody. You want to thrive in all areas of your life. You can't ignore the importance of good health. I've learned this firsthand. And oftentimes, even if we're eating real whole foods, we're not getting all the supplements and nutrition we need. So Organifi's green juice that actually tastes good really is an investment in your health. Again, go to Organifi.com, enter the code over it to receive 20% off your first order. And now on to my coaching session with Patrick. Patrick, welcome to the show. How can I help? Well, I don't even know where to start. Long story short, I'm an opera singer and uh, you know, I've been studying and trying to uh, develop a career as a singer for almost uh, 13 years. And, you know, it's it's always up and down with those kind of careers. It's yeah. not a streamlined uh, path. You know, I have uh, been struggling a bit to establish a career that is sustainable and have had some work and, like, had the chance to perform as a professional singer. And I've been going through a lot of emotions and, like, even given up for a period, had a break for two years. Uh, going through breakup, health issues, all that kind of stuff. Meanwhile, doing that. So uh-huh. it was kind of convenient. 
and that all resulted in a lot of deeper understandings of why I started singing and what it actually was that drove me into it. And what is that? Will you share that with me? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think, of course, I love to perform and sing, but I also think that a lot of the reasons why I needed so badly to succeed with it was because of um, my identity being so tightly attached to that success, Mm -hmm. that future Mm -hmm. success, you know, Mm -hmm. and a lot of my self-worth was tied into that. Mm -hmm. So what I realized was that um, I needed to find out how to feel worthy of love from myself and others without succeeding within this field. Beautiful. Even, well done. Yeah. <laughs> Great awareness. That's that's the, the one of the major ahas that we're still here to get. I hear you on the still trying. You're still growing. You're still learning. You're still human. So let's use a word other than trying because trying yeah. is a weak word. It's either I either pick up a pencil or I don't. I can't like try to pick one up, right? So it's exactly. you're you're committed to it and you're learning and you're growing and that's that's a beautiful awareness. So anyway, I I interrupted you. Keep please keep going. So although I'm now, I feel like I'm at a very much better understanding of how to deal with the ups and downs. And, you know, for now, for instance, I'm like, I just ended a show that went on for eight months. Amazing. Congratulations. Well, thank you. It was fun. And now I'm serving noodles. So that's that's life, you know, yeah. and that's fine. But still, there's this kind of feeling of melancholy and sadness or sorrow that I, I think I've carried with me since a long time and although I've been working through a lot of things it still attaches to me somehow and it follows me no matter how I am doing you know the feeling of what a feeling of sadness or sorrow or something a sense of melancholy okay generally lying there in me somehow okay and I'm wondering how I can kind of go through ups and downs in my career, in my private life, and also try to figure out how to feel generally Mm. happier. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to talk this through, so don't let my initial answer discourage you. No, no, no. You might not ever not have that feeling of sadness and sorrow. And let me tell you why. You're an artist. And part of being born in the path of an artist is that you feel. And so you feel not only your own sadness, but probably you're also just tapped in and tuned into just the sadness that exists in humanity. And part of what makes you a great opera singer is you have incredible range. If you could only sing one note, would you be a good opera singer? Well, uh, no. (laughs) No. So this is part of your gifts is that you can feel a range of things and that you're aware Mm -hmm. of what you're feeling, that you don't just suppress it or numb it or avoid it. So I think it's more about how can you relate to the sadness and sorrow in a different way rather than needing it to go away. Because having Mm -hmm. the ability to feel a wide range of emotion and deep emotion is part of your gift and part of what makes you a great singer. And I think Mm -hmm. the more that you accept that range, the more successful you'll be as a singer as well. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the hard thing about especially opera is that it's such a technically uh, hard and difficult thing to do. Mm -hmm. And in contrast to other art forms where you sing, showing emotion, like literally showing it, uh, it's not really wanted somehow. It's a very 
weird art form where you you show emotion, but it needs to be contained because if you start screaming and crying, you're not going to be able. To, <laughs> yes, you know? yes. Well, I know that you're not the lead in a in a drama, and I I get that. Yeah. And again, it's not so much about let's watch our words. It's not so much about containing it. It's about how you manage it and how you hold it. Because I would say, I get that what you're saying, opera is technical and it's highly emotional. It's it's there to evoke emotion so much so that you can go to an opera, not understand a word of the language that people are singing in and still feel something. That's the whole point. That's why Um, I love it. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Bingo. That's why you love it. So what you're really learning how to do is to fine tune being an artist on all levels. And what that means Mm -hmm. is fine tune how you relate to emotion, fine tune how you sing, because just like in opera, emotion is expressed in a technical way, right? And you can't just let it rip. We don't want to let the depths of emotion be experienced in a way without some kind of management or in your words, containment. We don't want them to Mm -hmm. take over us. So, so let's, let's talk about, let's go back to this feeling of sadness and sorrow. When you experience that, how do you relate to it? What do you do? What are your judgments? What are your actions? How does it impact you? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a very proactive person. And of course, I've read your book and I listen to this podcast a lot. And I also do coaching and I have had a therapist, all that stuff. Great. So I have a lot of techniques and I meditate. So that's, you know, that's what I do. I will journal, I will meditate, I will go out and work out or, you know, be very proactive. And that's probably some of, I don't know, some of the issue. (laughs) What do you mean it's some of the issue? Well, it's because I always have a solution and a tool. There you go. You're so smart. You're so wise. (laughs) You're right. You're, you are looking for a solution or a tool and, and simply said, you're Mm -hmm. trying to get rid of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what would happen or what are you afraid would happen if you just allowed yourself to go into the sadness and the sorrow? Well, um, yeah, well, that's that's to fall totally apart and like lose track of everything and just stay there. You know what I mean? I'm I'm afraid of staying there. Mm -hmm. And why are you afraid of staying Mm -hmm. there? Because uh, I'm the only one who can be responsible for my life. (laughs) Well, usually when we have a fear of going into an emotion, Mm -hmm. there's a reason Mm -hmm. why we're scared of it. There's a reason why we're scared to go into the sadness or fear. Sometimes it can be because we saw a parent or someone be sad a lot and we don't want to do that. Sometimes it's because we Mm -hmm. were ashamed or judged for our feelings and emotions so what do you think is mm. the reason your mind is coming up with that has you working so hard to avoid actually going into it and feeling it? Well, it's, uh, it's very uh, easy to find the reason. It's, um, well, I grew up with a mom who was, a lo- uh, she, was uh, she raised me on her own and she has had a lot of depression, anxiety mm-hmm. and uh, going through a lot of trauma uh, in her childhood. So for me, uh, I grew up with a very loving, caring mom. So it's not that, but it, she took a lot of emotional space. Mm-hmm. Definitely. What do and you I mean think, she took a lot of emotional space? Well, she had a lot of uh, emotions going on. Like she was very often uh, trying to suppress mm-hmm. sadness, 
depression, anger to, you know, protect me from it. But I would totally sense it. And mm -hmm. I realized later in my life that I've, you know, I've been tiptoeing around this big elephant in the room mm -hmm. that was there, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's where I probably became, it became hard for me to, to show and feel emotions in that sense. Yeah. 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 And, well, uh, yes. Which changed a lot in the latest years. I feel I have more con contact with my own emotions now. So. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I can completely sense that from you. And I really, Patrick, acknowledge all the work that you've done. And I also really want to acknowledge the awareness that you have around this because what you just shared about your mother, I think, is spot on in terms of what keeps you in avoidance of really feeling the sadness and sorrow. And you also said that you took a lot of that on probably. And as an artistic sensitive child, I don't doubt that for a reason. So a lot of this yeah. sadness and sorrow may not even be yours. It may be yeah. some of your mother's that you've been carrying for many, many years. Mm -hmm. mm. And so what you have the ability to do, which she didn't because she was a single mom and didn't have a lot of the tools that you have now, is she didn't really know how to create a safe space of compassion and vulnerability for herself to actually feel her feelings. She was mm -hmm. literally scared that if she felt her feelings, she goes into such a deep depression that, you know, she couldn't mother anymore and she couldn't survive. Mm -hmm. So she used suppressing and avoiding emotions as a survival strategy. And you've picked that up a little bit. But how? Mm. But your life is different in that you're not a single mom and you have a lot of tools and support around you. And so mm. you have the opportunity to actually feel these feelings so they can be released. And sometimes, Patrick, and this isn't a guarantee, but I've seen this happen a lot. When we mm -hmm. heal and clear things in our own life, often it impacts generationally, either our, our children, our future children, or our own parents. And mm. so by you clearing this, and feeling a lot of this, it might support her as well. Again, that's not a guarantee, and I don't want that to be the reason why you do it. It's just something mm. that is a beautiful miracle that can happen. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I totally hear you. <laughs> and so do you see how you're not necessarily suppressing them outrightly because you're aware of them, but you're avoiding them by trying to fix them? Like that was your, mm. that was your question to me is how do I stop feeling sadness and sorrow and just feel joy? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know I can't stop feeling it, but I, I guess it's, I mean, I, I also have gone into more like living through the emotions, like having a good cry, you know, calling a friend, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Well, here's what, here's what I would encourage you to do because emotions mm -hmm. have a message. Most recurring emotions are like an alarm system. They're a signal. Mm. And so I would encourage you the next time it comes up to greet it, to be like, oh, sadness, sorrow, hi, yeah. you're here. You're welcome yeah. here. And I'm really going to listen. Mm. Like, what do you have to say? Are you in my personal mastery course by any chance? No, I've been checking it out. And actually, I have a call uh, to check it out tomorrow. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Because there's an exercise in that. It's, I call it the empty chair process where you can, I, I, where you could talk to the sadness. Like I walk you through mm -hmm. how to okay. really release emotions and how to talk to different parts of you. 
So I feel mm-hmm. like the sadness and sorrow has a message for you. It has something that yeah, it wants probably. you to, to know. And it's going to create a massive shift in your life when you stop trying to get rid of it. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's just, you know, I'm very uh, self-sufficient and I don't have such a great support system in terms of like parents who can, Mm -hmm. you know, take care of me if I fall down in that sense. And I think that's why I've been keeping, you know, I've had to be such a, uh, I don't know, fixer upper or something. (laughs) Yeah, no. And that's a, that's a great, out of all the survival strategies you could have picked, bravo, that's a great Mm -hmm. one. There's many other oh, options on the yeah. table, like alcoholism for one, yeah, <laughs> you know, so you picked, you know, the, being a little personal growth junkie and wanting to meditate and fix it. That, that's <laughs> a good, that's a good survival strategy. Yeah. One that I fall into myself and that I support. And yeah, yeah. this is just the next step in your growth. You haven't been avoiding mm. it completely because you've been willing to look at it. We're just really taking it a level deeper where instead of being in a fix-it pattern with the sadness, you're in a welcoming and embracing it and being compassionate. And this is also, you know, something we talk a lot about on the show. This is part of reparenting yourself. You know, you had mm-hmm. an absentee father and a mom who was dealing with a lot of emotion. And so this is about holding space for yourself. You know, you had to be self-sufficient mm. at a young age emotionally. And so you never really learned, you know, how to hold a space for your own emotions because no one was capable of doing that for you. And so mm-hmm. this is about you creating a safe container for yourself to feel. I would highly encourage you to listen. Did you listen to the podcast episode with Megan a couple weeks ago? She was a Okay. Well, you thank you for listening. You may want to listen to that one again. Because that was okay, part cool. of what the coaching was to her as well, was to really create a safe container for herself to feel. Not to fix, not to analyze, but just to feel and ask deeply, you know, what is the emotion? Like, what is the message from this emotion? And this was something that was really important for me to do when I was um, getting off antidepressant medication and healing my 20-year relationship with depression, is I mm-hmm. I was finally willing to go to the really, really sad feelings, the feelings mm. that medication and all other things I tried prevented me from going to. I was so scared of going mm. to that deep place that I kind of just kept putting band-aids on it. But when I finally went there and felt all that sadness with so much compassion and what I discovered was not all of it was mine, it was like I could listen deeply to what the message was from the sadness and from the depression. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that sounds really, really like the... It resonates well with me, and I think that's probably what I need to do as well. Yeah. I mean, it's just that I feel like I have been, you know, swimming in a lot of emotions and sadness and, like, really going into it. So it's like what I'm kind of thinking. It's like, what, when the fuck does this end? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you, it, it does end. And the thing is, whenever we go into the emotions with an attempt to fix them or when there's mm-hmm. any judgment at all, They just recycle. Exactly. So what I'm offering you is a different way in and a different way to relate to it. 
where you actually like welcome it and you sit down. It's like mm-hmm. being in a relationship and fighting with someone like a lot uh-huh. and fighting and fighting every time you sit down, like you're just not hearing each other versus like sitting down calmly, even if the person is triggering you, even if you're upset and saying, you know what, I'm just going to be quiet and listen to what you want to tell me. Yeah. Creates a whole mm-hmm. different level of communication because the defense and the fight isn't there. Yeah, that sounds very good. I mean, I've used a lot of the things that you uh, recommend in terms of like embracing and accepting and having a dialogue with whatever you're struggling with. Yeah. You know? And and that's helped me a lot with uh, with conquering some some judgment I have. Do you hear the word you just myself. used? What? Conquering. <laughs> Which word? Conquering. Conquering. <laughs> well, I'm a conqueror. I know. <laughs> and I, I hear that. I hear that. And it's, it's again, like there's in this, what I love about you is your tenacity and your commitment. Right. <laughs> and it's beautiful and oh, it's, yeah. it makes you successful and it's part of your masculinity and it's an important piece of you. And I'm not saying don't, I'm not saying disregard that. Add in a okay. little more compassion for yourself. Okay. I, w- I will do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all. This is just the next yeah. stage in your evolution and growth. You're doing great. You're not doing anything wrong. Nothing, nothing is wrong. You're just up-leveling and evolving the way you relate to yourself mm-hmm. and the, the feeling that you're starting to bring in because we learn these different ways of being over time is self-compassion. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot of self-awareness. You've got a lot of self-commitment. You've got a lot of willingness, discipline, self-love. Now we've just got to amp up the self-compassion a bit. Okay, cool. I'll try. (laughs) Does this help? Very much. Great. Great. What was your biggest takeaway or aha? Yeah, it just confirms a lot of the beliefs I've had around what would probably be the issue. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've been thinking a lot that the sadness came out of situations and, you know, uh, being in this or that situation. But uh, as you say, it comes from maybe something else that is outside of me and that I need to give it room. Yeah. And I think that's yeah, an easy concept to understand for me that I can work with yeah. in, my, in my work forwards. Yeah. <laughs> and another thing that may be helpful when you greet the sadness is if you do discover that any of it isn't yours, like if you do discover that maybe some of it is your mom's or your dad's, that you just say, mm-hmm. you know, mom, I give the sadness, you know, back. And I just ask angels, guides, God, universe, whatever you want to say, um, mm-hmm. to, to release it from me and deal with it in the highest good. You know, I mm. give this, I give this back. This is not mine. I return it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're doing awesome. And I hope you join us for mastery <laughs> as well, because that will be another great community for you. And that will help you with the, the compassion and the self-forgiveness and just a way of relating to this. Um, not differently because you're doing great. We're just adding in more welcoming, more acceptance, just adding in a different energetic to it. Cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to Jill tomorrow Beautiful. and see what, what she says. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you, Patrick. And thank you for all the work you're thank doing you, in the world. You. And maybe I'll see you on the stage someday. Well, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> 
I acknowledge Patrick so much for all his awareness and all the work that he's done. I love that he's able to see that part of why he's pursued singing is because it was wrapped up in his identity and he got his self-worth from it. He was tied to his identity as an opera singer to feel worthy and successful. And now he's really working on how to feel worthy without succeeding. Does that mean he shouldn't be an opera singer anymore? No, not at all. When we realize that we're pursuing something because we think it's going to make us feel a certain way, it doesn't mean we necessarily have to stop pursuing it. Now, for me, when I was a Hollywood agent and I realized I was pursuing being you know, rich and famous in Hollywood because of my massive insecurity, I didn't stop pursuing being an agent because of my insecurity. I stopped pursuing being an agent because I knew it wasn't the career I wanted. I knew there was something different for me. So sometimes you do change what you're pursuing, but oftentimes you can pursue the same thing, but just with a different come from. So now Patrick can really pursue it as an artist, as something he loves, as something that helps him grow as, as an expression of his most authentic self, but his self-worth is still an inside job. I'll break this call down a little more, but an overall theme that I wanted to point out again is using the word try. So many of you that listen to this show are overachievers when it comes to personal growth, and I love you for it. I love that you value personal growth. I love that you listen to the show and read personal development books and take courses, and you're you're consuming a lot of information that is helping with your growth. That is amazing. However, oftentimes having all that awareness makes you even harder on yourself. You use words like, well, I'm trying, I'm trying. If you're listening to this show, you're doing it. You know, just listening to the show and taking it in and reflecting on how it applies to your own life is doing it. Remember, personal growth is a process. It's not like we have an awareness and boom, everything changes. So please acknowledge the progress you are making in your process of evolution. So let's dive into this call a little bit. So Patrick reported that he has this feeling of sadness or sorrow that kind of follows him around and he wants to know how he can feel happier. Well, like I said in the show, I never think happiness should be the goal. In fact, when it comes to our personal development, there should be no goals, (laughs) only intentions. And really my primary intention is to work with what is, you know, work with whatever is coming up in my life, whether it be an external event that's happening or whether it be an internal trigger that's coming up. So my coaching to him was, you know, don't make the sadness go away. And I don't think that he'll ever make sadness completely go away, especially as an artist. You know, part of being an artist, being a highly sensitive person, being a creator is you can feel, you can feel a large range of things. And suppressing and numbing our feelings means we're going to suppress and numb our gifts. Let me repeat that. Suppressing and numbing our feelings means we're also going to suppress and numb our gifts. We want a wide range of feelings. We just want to shift how we relate to them. He wanted to relate to them the same way an opera singer relates to range. He wanted it to be technical and have control over it. But when it comes to feelings, we want to be technical, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but we don't want to feel like we have to control them. So how we're technical, quote unquote, with emotions is that we don't either suppress them and we don't get lost in them. Those are the kind of two extremes. Either we suppress them or we feel like they take over us and we can't get out of them. So using the word technical, the best technical approach to feelings is to greet them with tons of compassion. 
Now, Patrick has tons of tools in terms of a survival strategy, having tons of tools to greet his emotions like journaling and all those kinds of things are great. However, his come from is still, how do I make the sadness go away? My coaching to him and my coaching to you is instead of going in with the intention of how do I make it go away, go in with, hello, sadness, what message do you have for me? What do you need? I welcome you. Imagine that, welcoming your quote unquote negative feelings. So I promised I'd share a little bit more about my experience over the weekend. By Saturday, I was really in a place of extreme terror. I almost felt nauseous and I was trying to distract myself. I was visualizing stuff being okay. I was using my logical mind to try to soothe myself and it wasn't working. And so coach Christine showed up and reminded me, go into the terror, go into the feel, fear, go into feeling nauseous. If you throw up, so what? Like just go into it instead of trying to avoid it or just count down the hours until he came home. And that was the other thing. I wanted to be able to work my way through these feelings before he got home because I didn't want to perpetuate a pattern that I need him to make me feel better. Of course, I'm just going to be excited to see him when he got home, but I didn't want to sit with my anxiety until the quote unquote band-aid or cure came home to take it away from me. I wanted to really feel like I could get through that fear and terror on my own so that I didn't perpetuate a pattern of every time he goes away, I feel anxious until he gets home. So I went straight into the anxiety. I went straight into the terror and I let myself feel it and I greeted it. And there was a part of me going through the feeling and there was a part of me having compassion for the feeling. And P.S. I teach all of this in my personal mastery course. You can always access that at christinehauser.com slash mastery. Anyway, I welcomed it. I was with it. And I asked the terror, what do you want to show me? And there was little girl fear in there when I was little. Um, I had a big fear of losing my mom, of having her die because I was very attached to her. So a little bit of my anxious attachment style came up. If you want to learn more about attachment styles, I highly recommend the book Attached. So there was that. I also felt like there were some past life things coming up of losing him in a previous life. But really the analysis isn't important. What was most important is I went into the anxiety and terror with compassion and welcoming. And honestly, it just moved through. I was able to release the emotion and come back to the love that I have for myself and the love that I have for Stephanos so that when he came home, I wasn't in a place of terror. I was just in a place of being really excited to see him. So how that applies to back to Patrick is welcoming the emotion, welcoming the sadness, seeing what messages it has. Maybe he'll also discover that a lot of it isn't his, but he won't discover that as long as he's trying to get rid of it, control it, or fix it got to relate to it differently and be willing to go to those deeper places and feel it without, again, any attachment to it going away. And you'll see when you let go of that attachment to it, quote unquote, going away, it will release and move through you in a natural way. So some takeaways for you. Is there an emotion you're avoiding? Have you gone into it with compassion or do you only go into it with analysis and a fixed intention? Could you be taking on other people's emotions? Use the advice I gave Patrick. Really ask, is this mine? And if you feel it's not, give it back with love. Embrace the emotional side of you, especially if you relate to being an artist or creative type or highly sensitive person. It is part of your gifts. And then go into those emotions with so much self-compassion. And again, this is 
my passion. This is one of my areas of expertise. And this is what I teach in personal mastery. So christinehaster.com slash mastery. You can join me there. And if you join now, you'll also join in time to make our May one day retreat that's free when you enroll in mastery. And that's the Saturday of Memorial Day weekend in May in Los Angeles. If you have any questions about any of that, you can email jill at christinehaster.com. That's my show for today. If you enjoyed it or you think it will help others, please, please, please share it. Make sure to tag me. I love you all so much. Much love and many blessings. And one more thing before I go. As you know, the podcast world is growing bigger every day and Himalaya wants to help you navigate it. Himalaya is a brand new podcast app, which this show is on, where you can find every single podcast you love and some future favorites. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya has got your back. Discover personally curated playlists and show your favorite podcaster some love with Himalaya's tip jar. It's free, it's easy to use, and they're adding cool features to it every day. So go to your app store, download Himalaya, that's H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A, and don't forget to follow over it and on with it and maybe put some tips in my tip jar once you're there. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Blessings.